Good morning. Y'all, we'll turn to Genesis 49. Uh, there's some weather events there in East County last night, and a lot of people sick and a lot of people occupied with other things. And uh, but I'm thankful for the the few that's here today. Lord might bless us. I pray we. Genesis 49. These are the last words of Jacob. He knows he's going to die, and he's about to start talking. Last words he's ever going to say. You know, we come into this world and. We wait for a baby to cry, but for that baby to cry, what does that have to do? It's got to breathe in, right? What's the last thing you're going to do? Breathe out. Jacob's about to take his last breath. We're all close to taking our last breath. And if you don't think so, close your eyes and listen. <laughs> I'll tell you all about my aches and pains and all the remedies and the, the things I'm doing to not have aches and pains. What if we knew today was our last day? What if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is it. This is the last gospel message you're ever going to hear. How would we treat it? What would we do? What would we think? What would we say to those that we love? Jacob had just talked to his sons, didn't he? Wasn't too pretty. He had the boldness to speak plainly. And, and, the, and the scriptures call that a blessing. He blessed them. And he said, y'all ain't nothing but sinners. Just like me. <laughs> you after don't fall far from a tree. That seems harsh, doesn't it? Is that harsh for somebody? To, let me ask you. What did Paul say? What's the scripture say? I'm going to keep going back to that. What's the scripture say? Am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? Was Jacob rough and harsh because he told them the truth? They didn't want to hear that, but he told them, didn't he? Because he believed God. Not because he knew the truth. He believed God. That's why he did it. Genesis 49, verse 28. Jacob's last words. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel. And these, this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them. <laughs> he blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife. And there I buried Leah. Whole families went there. The purchase of the field and of the cave that is thereon was from the children of Heth. Keep saying this is a purchase field. This is a possession. This is a place to be buried, to be put in the ground. It was an expensive place too. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed calmly, confidently, and yielded up the ghost. That means the literal translation of yielded up the ghost. It wasn't that he decided to die like the Lord did and he, he gave up the ghost. It means he exhaled. He gave his last breath and was gathered unto his people. 
Well, they didn't took his body down there where his people was. No, he was gathered to his people right then. To be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. That's my people. You like the Lord's people? I love them. <laughs> They're just like me. They go through the same stuff I go through. Isn't it? <laughs> I talk to them on the phone. And everything they think and experience, everything I think and experience. There's some differences, obviously. I won't be where they are. They won't be where I am because we're all going to be there looking to Christ. That's why. That's why. We ain't going to go see sweet old grandma and I'll finally get to see my daddy again. I know he is my dad. I know that was the role he played while we was on this earth. But I ain't there to see mom and dad. I'm there to see my father who saved me, who purposed it from before time, and he sent his son to die for me, and I see my redeemer. That's how I'm going to see him. That's how I'm going to see the Father looking at him right now. I'm going to be just like him. Is that where you want to be? That's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. I, I love preaching funerals of believers. I don't like preaching funerals of unbelievers. It's a good thing. And funerals are a good thing. We'll look at that next week. When my dad died, they'd have three services. They couldn't fit all the people in the room. And as people showed up just out of respect because he's a hard-working man and he upheld his word and, and he had a mustache when he died. I loved it. Uh, he wasn't a woman or a child. <laughs> he, had a, he had a beard. And, and people knew it and they respected him. And so they showed up to give their last respects. Place was packed. A couple thousand people showed up over three days. And you know what happened? They preached the gospel to him. He said, this old dead corpse is going to honor God one more time. I can do something with it. You put, put me out there, and however many times it takes it, you have funerals. And Henry preached the funeral there at 13th Street, and then Tom Harding preached three nights there at the funeral home, and then they took him to the graveside, and John Chapman preached the graveside. Why well, I don't want to cause a fuss. I want to honor God. How about that? And it's a precious thing. It's a good thing. We're sad. We miss them. We don't mourn for the person that's dead. We mourn for, if they died in the Lord. We mourn for ourselves. Because we're selfish. That's it. Isn't it? It's a good thing. You know what the scriptures say? What's the word say about it? There's three words that God describes the death of his saints in. The first one's precious. He said in Psalm 116, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. If there was a selah right after that, I would be in total agreement. Stop and think about that. God owns all things. He, he controls all things. He does everything according to his will and in his power. And he says to him, oh, this is precious. This is special. Doesn't that give you goosebumps? Do you want to like what God likes? If he's your God, you do. He said, this is a good thing. This is precious in my sight when my saints die. He also says it's blessed. How could that be? How could it be precious? Well, we have to be blessed. If we was a problem showing up, he wouldn't be happy about that, huh? We have to be made like Christ. We have to be blessed. Revelations 14 says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Those that die in the Lord, they're blessed. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. So for a child of God to die, it's a good thing. Paul said, for me to live is Christ. He gave me something to do. We ain't supposed to sit around and twiddle our thumbs and lay in a hammock all day long. We're supposed to do something. Go out and tell what, what he's done for us. Come here by the man. 
and, and work and by the sweat of our brow get our food and we've got to do something. But that's Christ. But for me to die is gain. That's what the word is. It's precious in the sight of the Lord. We're blessed to die in the Lord and it's gain. Why are we so scared of death? And, and if you say you ain't, you're lying through your teeth. <laughs> I ain't never died before. I don't know what that's going to be like. I have some apprehension. I have unbelief. The day you see me and I have no unbelief is the day you'll see me in glory. Old Barnard said, I ain't preaching to you now. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> That's it. Kevin, I don't, think, I don't think your faith is strong. No kidding. <laughs> Why are we so afraid to die? That's everything. People, somebody quits breathing. Oh, call the ambulance and, and scream and pray. And, and there's these prayer lists to eons. I've talked about that a bunch. It's nonsensical, okay? And, and it's unbelief is what it is. We go to pray about saying, Lord, I ask you, do these things. I petition you. What's that prayer end? With me, I don't know about everybody else. Lord, your will be done. What you're going to do is right. You want to take this pain? You want to take this illness? You want to take whatever? That's right. And if you don't, that's right too. I don't need that. I need Christ. And whenever I go home, it's precious in his sight. I can't explain that. It's so. I just dwelled on it all week. I'm blessed when I die, and it's gain. It's gain. And I hope this corpse lays in a box somewhere, and a man of God stands up on his hind two legs, regardless of the input of the nation around him, and tells the truth about me, a dead dog center laying there and tells the truth about everybody in that room and tells them who Christ is and what he did. I ought to get to my note. <laughs> Jacob's last day on earth. What if it's our last day? He speaks plainly and openly to his sons. It seems so harsh, but it's not. God says it's blessed them. That was a blessing to them. All the trouble they've been through all those years, everything that was done, where are they at? They're right there with daddy. That's a good time, isn't it? Isn't that a good thing? If I'm now experiencing, we're experiencing not having a child with us. That's an uncomfortable experience. I look forward to when my children are with me. I hope they're there and I can boldly, God will give me faith. I may die crying, screaming, not even have my mind with me. I pray not. I hope I can boldly profess him on my deathbed to them. Jacob had some confidence. Look here in verse 29. Genesis 49, 29. And he charged them. And he said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Last year I thought that's the closest I ever come to death. Uh, it was to the point I told Kimberly where the life insurance papers was, and I gave her plain instruction. Here's what is to be done. I said, I'm going home now. <laughs> I didn't think it in this way. Here's what's to be done. And she said, okay. And then about as quick as I went into that illness, I came out of it. But I understand this a little bit more now than I used to. He charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Jacob knew where he was going. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to be gathered with my people. He also knew what he was. He knew he was a sinner. He had so many sad things happen in his life. He had, Pharaoh asked him, he said, how old are you? And he told him, and he said, the days of my life, oh, buddy. He goes, they've been few. 
and all the years of my father's, I haven't made it that long. He goes, but it's, it's been nothing but few and evil. Few and evil have been my days. I know that. I know what I am. But he knew the Lord too, isn't it? And that's what he was looking for. Paul said, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we know, I know, if this body goes away, I have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. I'm going to be with him. That faith of Abraham was described there in Hebrews 11. And, and he said he took off a walking, didn't he? How did, how did he wait on the Lord? He walked. How did Paul wait on the Lord? He boxed and he ran and he fought and he wrestled. <laughs> to Abraham, he looked for a city which hath foundations. It's got a chief cornerstone whose builder and maker is God. That's what he was looking for. He happened to have to go to a physical land, but that's what he was looking for. That's every believer. That's every believer. We want to be with the Lord. That's who we're looking for. That's where our desire is. This is all my hope and all my desire is that he's made a covenant with me. And it's ordering all things. It's sure. And I want to be with him where he is. Here's the instructions that Jacob gave. This is real important. Verse 29, he charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Now, bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron, the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron, the Hittite, for a possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife, there they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. And what's he saying? You put me right there with them. God says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, I'm going to go where Abraham went. I'm going to go where Isaac went. I pray God will bring you where I am, boys. I pray so. He goes, but I'm going to be buried. I'm going to be laid to rest, as we say. And that ain't what the word means. I'll see it in a second bigger <laughs> in memory. I'm going to be put there where all, all my brethren, where my people are, where those that have the same father that I have. There's people I can't call brother in this world. I guess I got them in Adam. But they have a different father than I have. I can't, I can't call them a faithful brother. They're their father the devil. They hate Christ. They hate the gospel I pray the Lord will make a new creation in them, make them born again. I'm going to be buried where my people's buried. Turn over there to Genesis 23. I want to read this whole thing. I'll go quick with it. Genesis 23. This is where Abraham had bought that burying place, and he buried Sarah. You remember, let's look at this before, but I just want to touch on a few things in it. And there's a lesson in this. I want to look at two words, Machpelah and Mamre. We looked at it before. I want to look at it again. It'd be good for us to look at it again. And, and I want to make a point here as to what Abraham did and how he did it and how we, we can learn from this. These things are written for our learning. I want to learn something. I want to be teachable and I want to learn something until I'm brought home. Genesis 23, verse 1. And Sarah was 107 and 20 years old. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died. And 
I wrote it down too. <laughs> Kirjatharba, the same as Hebron in the land of Canaan. And Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham stood up from before his dead, and he spake unto the sons of Heth, saying, I'm a stranger and a sojourner with you. This ain't my home. But there's business that has to be conducted. <laughs> Things still have to take place, don't they? Give me a possession of your burying place with you that I may bury my dead out of sight. We're going to bury him. And the children of Heth answered Abraham and saying unto him, Hear us, my Lord, thou art a mighty prince among us. Oh, we respect you. You're great. We love you. We just like your company. We like your countenance. You're a joy to be around. You're an honorary member of our society, <laughs> of, our, of our community. Thou art a mighty prince among us. In the choice of our sepulchres, bury thy dead. None of us shall withhold from thee his sepulcher, but that thou mayest bury thy dead. You just go pick which one you want. We love you. And Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land, even to the children of Heth. Look at the humility here. He didn't say, well, you're right. I am pretty good, and you do owe me. And you've just been, you've benefited by me being around. He bowed himself. And why, how did that bowing come? How did that humility come? In a heavy trial, his wife had died and he needed a place to bury her in the ground. He bowed himself to him. Verse 8, and he communed with them, saying, If it be in your mind, if it be your mind that I should bury my dead out of sight, hear me and entreat for me to Ephron, the son of Zophar, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah. There's a specific one I want, not just any old cave, not go pick which one you want. There's a specific one. I want Machpelah, which he hath, which is in the end of his field. He knows exactly where it is, too. And for as much money as it is worth, he shall give it me for a possession of a burying place amongst you. I'm going to pay exactly what it's worth. Verse 10, And Ephron dwelt among the children of Heth, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham, in the audience of the children of Heth, even of all that went in the gate of his city, saying, he is in front of everybody. <laughs> Nay, my Lord, hear me. The field I give thee, I just give it to you. That's particular one you want, that you know where it is. I give it to you. And the cave that is therein, I give it thee. In the presence of the sons of my people, I give I it thee. Bury thy dead. I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it to you. It's mine. I'm going to let you have it for free. I, 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 I. You see that? And Abraham bowed himself before the people of the land. He bowed again. And he spake unto Ephron, the audience of the people of the land, saying, But if thou wilt give it, I pray thee, hear me. I will give thee money for the field. Take it of me, and I'll bury my dead there. He tells him a second time, I'm going to pay you full price. I'm going to pay for it. And Ephron answered Abraham, saying unto him, My Lord, hearken unto me. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver. What's that between... Remember us looking at that? Remember how much I said it was? It's, it's however much you make in a year. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> uh, average entry-level income in San Diego County is $126,000 a year for a couple of two to survive on. So it's hundred and thirty grand for this plot, burial plot. It's a whole bunch. And, it, and he's saying, you, you consider, you count the cost of this. Now, I'm going to give it to you for free. What a saint I am. He said, you count the cost. Did the Lord count the cost? When he came and laid down his life for us, 
being made sin for us. That's why he told him. He said, if you, if you go to build a building and you ain't got enough money to finish that building, they're going to laugh at you because you couldn't do it. He did it, didn't he? We'll see David and Goliath next hour, Lord willing. Saul did the same thing. Do you know what you're doing? Don't you, do you count the cost? Do you know what the, the inheritance was, the reward was between David and Goliath? The daughters of the king, king's daughters. That's us. That's a hefty, hefty outcome, isn't it? He said, you consider this for you bury your dead. I'll skip to you. Verse 16, Abraham hearkened unto Ephron, and Abraham weighed to Ephron the silver. He weighed it. Weighed in the balances. Silver. Silver. Our Lord was portrayed for silver, wasn't he? Which he had named in the audiences of the sons of Heth, 400 shekels of silver, current money with the merchant. Current or up to date. I pay you full price. And the field of Ephron, which is a Machpelah, which was before Mamre, the field and the cave, which was therein, and all the trees that were in the field, that were in all the borders round about it, were made sure. It was made sure unto Abraham for a possession in the presence of the children of Heth before all that went before the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, the same as Hebron in the land of Canaan. And the field and the cave that is therein were made sure unto Abraham for a possession of a burying place by the sons of Heth. Abraham paid full price for the resting place of Sarah. He paid full price for the resting place of Isaac and, and Jacob and all his children, didn't he? Jacob wants to rest. He wants to be laid to rest. I want to be gathered into a place where the balance is paid in full. You get that? Abraham didn't come down there and say, well, I'm a good fella. You owe me. Give me a discount. He didn't come down there and say, now, do you give church discounts? I looked, we looked at that last time. We'll look at it this time, too. We don't give church discounts. Pay full price. Why? My Savior paid full, full price. You want a discounted salvation? You want a refurbished version? That's what's preached a lot in these days. You want to clean up this old man. You want to refurbish it? I want a brand new plot. Nobody's laid in. Paying full price. Because Christ paid full price. There's a lesson there. We ought to learn it. The gospel principle which drives the particulars in providence. It's a tongue twister, isn't it? If we get the principle, if we get the gospel message, it'll drive all the decisions we got to make. It'll drive the reactions we have to things. Because there's a new heart born in us. And we see, see the Lord and we see his gospel and we see through those, those eyes with wine and our teeth white with the milk. That's what we talk about. That's what we see. And, and that'll, that'll drive how we walk. People talk about walking by faith. Here you go. Pay attention. We walk by looking to him. And that influences everything we do in our interactions with our neighbors and our interactions with everything, with our loved ones. It drives it. I told you before, that's a good illustration. That's two business partners, and that's getting rid of it, and uh, the, the one partner wanted more than the other partner had, and so he sued him. And so the, the partner that was going to get less had a lawyer too. And they said, well, you, you deserve 50-50. This was a multi-million dollar business. 
and both of you has given you life. You, you got up early in the morning when nobody else was awake. You bled your blood. You didn't do nothing. It's this your, You're entitled to this. You're entitled to it. You worked for it. You earned it. And that, that fellow was a believer. And he told his lawyer, he said, give them, they, want all, they said, they want 75%, give them all of it. Give them the whole thing. He said, you're crazy. You're a fool. He said, no, I'm not. Give it to them. He said, why in the world would you do such a thing? He goes, that's what my Lord did for me. He did all the work, and he gave me everything. He goes, and he's provided for me physically in this world. This whole time I've been fed. I fed my family. I've got a lot of understanding and knowledge of how to do this. I can do it again if I wanted to. Let him have it. And that lawyer said, you're going to be in the hole because you've got to pay me. <laughs> if you got half, I'd be paid for it. And he said, no, I'll pay you. This is right. What person walking down the street would say that was a good idea? A child of God would. Pay full price. That gospel and understanding of Christ drives how we raise our children. It drives how we react with our, our husbands and wives and the people around us. And, it, and that's what our focus is until this body's shed. And we're gathered to the one that we've been looking at the whole time. Back in our text are in Genesis 49. I want to look at two words real quick. Four minutes and I'll be done. Genesis 49, verse 30. In the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephraim the Hittite for a possession of a burying place. You go back and look at Genesis 23, 20, and that's almost verbatim. It's almost the same, isn't it? That must be important. These words must be important. What's Mamre? What's Mamre? I want to be right there before Mamre. It means vigor and victory. That's the root word of it. Life. Lively. Not just alive. Lively. Vigorous. I thought we was raised, we was laid to rest. I thought we've entered our peace and our resting place. Our life as believers truly begins vigorously in victory when we, we experience this death and, and, and experience Christ's full victory. That's when it's really going to start. We think we're alive now because we breathe oxygen. That ain't the case. Mamre, vigor, victory. That's where I want to be laid. Do you want to be laid there? Where it's done. It's finished. Everything's done. And Machpelah, double. You remember last time we looked at Machpelah where we turned? There's the same word. It's translated a different way. Turn over to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. I want to be laid in Christ's victory and vigor in his life. That's where I want to be rest. That's where all my rest is, all my peace is, to be with him. And I want to be buried in Machpelah, completely engulfed. You get that? Buried. Not completely consumed, completely buried. Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. She hath received of the Lord's hand Machpelah for all her sins. Double. Double. I need the water and the blood. Remember us looking at that the other night? Remember what it was? 
I need, I need to be bought with the blood, all my sins covered and justified. I need justification, and I need to be sanctified. I need to be made holy, set apart for his using, and I can never sin again. And the Lord said, go tell them after 39 chapters of giving them the business. And he said, now go tell them, speak comfort to their hearts, you got Macpila. You got double. It's done. It's finished. Remember, this ties in real tight with Wednesday night. You got to go back and listen to it if you didn't. Double. Double. Jacob says, you're going to take me and put me where my family is, my true family. This is my mother. This is my brothers, right? And you're going to lay me down there. And it's going to be in victory, and it's going to be in vitality, and I'm going to get double. I must be laid with my brethren in victory and in vigor in the land of double. Land of double. Verse 33, back in our text. I was going to go on there. The Lord comes for us. Go read Isaiah 40, verse 10 sometimes. The Lord comes with a strong hand. And his rewards with him, his works before him, that's when he comes to get us. That may happen today. <laughs> Genesis 39, verse 33. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, just like Abraham, he commanded his house. Jacob commanded his sons. The gospel is not a debate. It's not an open forum. It's a declaration. It's a command. He commanded his sons. He gathered up his feet under the bed. And he yielded up the ghost, he exhaled, he deceased, he expired, and was gathered unto his people. What a calm, precious way to die. To just gently pick our feet up, put underneath the covers, close our eyes, and go to the Lord. Go to our people, right then, gathered unto our people. All the anxiety and the fear, we'll touch on this next hour. Uh, unbelief, anxiety, fear, all those things, it's sin. You don't believe God. If I'm anxious, if I'm nervous, now there's things I dread. <laughs> I may have some pain coming, and I, I may not want that to happen. Uh, but all those things are just sin. Isn't it? What a blessing if the Lord was to take that from us. Let us look to him. We're looking to ourselves or other things if we have all those things. If we believe him and look to him and just pull our feet up in bed and lay down and go to sleep. That's what the word says too. What, the Lord changes the, the animation of that word. It's not just death sounds so sad. He said they sleep. You afraid to take a nap? Most people ain't afraid to take a nap while it's, while it's preaching going on. Uh, it's just take a nap. Lay down. Time to go home. Love y'all. I'm going to command you. Uh, all flesh is grass. Don't you forget that. And behold your God. Now, Lord's faithful. I trust him. He'll do as he sees fit. I'm going to go home now. That'd be a precious way. Isn't that a good thing to die that way? I'd rather do that than old Mr. Rogers clawed at his wife and said, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Did I do enough? Christ did it all. It's finished. Let's go home. That's a good thing. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you making us sons of Jacob, showing us what we are and revealing Christ to us. Lord, we believe, but help our unbelief. Make us walk through this world as humble sojourners that believe you. Make Christ come out from us. 
He's in us, Lord. Let us walk in a way that honors him and magnifies his name and his glory and points all mankind towards him. Thank you for this hour, Lord. Be with all those that aren't able to be with us. and It's of your will, Lord, but we pray for them. It's because of Christ we ask these things. Amen. All right, brother. And we again, 1030.